0: Welcome to Born to Hustle. I am your host, Roham Kerry, and I'm here with Philip Hernandez. He's a business operations consultant, and he's been doing it for how long, would you say, Phillips?
1: Uh, so, I, uh, well, first off, Roham, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I started my own practice um, in March, but um, so just this year been doing it for like six months six months um but uh i've been like you can think of me as a business operations consultant in like like a fractional coo and i've been doing operations since oh man my my first executive role as an operator was at code up in 2016 so i've been doing it since since then that's really where i got my my operations chops under my belt i started getting some reps That's when I got introduced to organizational operating systems and I uh, implemented uh, the entrepreneurial operating system, EOS. Mm -hmm. I implemented that at CodeUp and I really just got into the the whole idea of operating systems and how you run your organization. Um, And then went over to Geekdom, implemented EOS over at Geekdom. And now that's that's what I'm doing. I've started a whole practice around building your own operating system and then implementing that into your organization. That
0: is you definitely have some experience behind your belt. That's for sure. Yeah. And and that was actually that was actually going to be my first question in this podcast. I was actually going to ask you, what was it that ignited the hustle? Like now that you're doing this as your own individual practice. I guess I would twist the question more towards like what really ignited the hustle for Be Your Own Practice rather than actually doing it within other, you know, big-time organizations out there. Like what would you say that
1: ignited that hustle? That's a great question. Um, so my first I, – I, I've, I've kind of always known I wanted to get into business operations. And I think that – I didn't know that that's what it was called or that's what it, it really – what it really was that I was attracted to until I did an internship in 2006. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I did an internship in Disney World, and it was the the Disney College program. Um, and, you know, going to a place like that, uh, I just wanted to see how did this, what made this machine work? Like, I saw the impact that disney would make and the the company and the experience that it would make on their guests but then seeing behind the scenes which in that case it truly was behind the scenes like in in disney at least in disney world i worked in the parks right um in disney world they treat it very much like a performance like a show and so the their customers they call them guests right and their employees they call them cast members and so when you're customer facing when you're in front of the guests you're considered on stage and when you're not customer facing you're considered backstage and that concept of like this is a performance and there's all these things that happen behind the scenes that just blew my mind so I I got really excited about um you know I, I would see the people's faces when they would come to Disney World and there would be like the oohs and ahs about the fireworks and like the shows and all these things And for me, I realized that being on the other side of it, because I grew up going to Disney World and I would have that experience, but being on the other side of it, I was really um, just blown away by, like, how do they move all these people? Like, if the parade ends now and then the fireworks happen right here, so everybody comes to this one area, how do they move everybody out in a timely manner and nobody gets hurt and there's all these things that they do that are seemingly coincidental, but they're Um, very intentional, Um, like they'll keep these shops open at certain times or they'll direct traffic going this way. And so that's when I started to really enjoy the operations behind an organization. When I went over to to CodeUp and I had my first, like, actual executive operator role, um, that's when I realized that that's a very lonely place. Right. Like um, just being an executive operator, if you're a VP of operations or a COO or um, oftentimes everybody reports to you or you report up. And so and or you report up. And so you don't really have too many people next to you to like like peers to like go over issues with it from an operations perspective. Yeah. Um, so when I got exposed to EOS, an operating system, that helped me so much because Um, As an operator, I struggled with thinking that, you know, we're not meeting these goals because the people aren't doing it. Or, um, you know, I I would be asked, like, how come we're not meeting this metric? And I didn't really have a good answer for it. Um, When I started implementing an organizational operating system that uh, was backed by data, then I actually had metrics to follow. I had processes in place to follow. And that was just a huge revelation for me. That was a a big pivot in my, I mean, a turning point in my career. Um, So I did that at CodeUp. And then I went over to Geekdom and did the same thing. And at Geekdom, well, with EOS in particular, um, it takes a good, like, 10 to 18 months from implementation before you actually start seeing real traction and uh, because it takes a long time to to build the processes build the structure make sure you have all the um the right people in the right seats but then uh once i implement all of that and things are rocking and rolling so like at geekdom for instance we uh charles and i he's the ceo over at geekdom we built out a 10-year picture so we have a 10-year vision and we knew At Geekdom in particular, we were there to build San Antonio one startup at a time. And and, and our goal was to build the next 500 startups within the next 10 years with 75% calling San Antonio home. So if we know that and we set those metrics and we have that target, then we can go back, work backwards and see if that's where we need to be in 10 years, then where do we need to be in three years? If that's where we need to be in three years, where do we need to be in one year? And so on, so on. So where do we need to be in the next 90 days? And we can build out goals that way. And I realized that, like, I really love that part. I really love building out this structure. Um, I don't really get as excited about maintaining the organization, right? I want to build a system, implement that system, and hopefully that's long-lasting. And I won't have to be there forever. And a lot of organizations, especially organizations like Geekdom, like up you know, Um, Just smaller organizations, specifically startups too, Mm -hmm. you don't always need an executive operator, you know, but it does help to have an executive operator to come in, help build strategy um, in, you know, chunks. And so when I realized that, um, that was really the thing that ignited me thinking like, I don't know that I want to go out and be a traditional COO. What I do like is I like chaos. I like when uh, <laughs> you love it when everything is out of place and yes.
0: uh, people are confused. Yes. somebody's burning alive. Yeah, they're just like, well, where's the fire extinguisher? That's Wait, let's is. import a system first before we actually Turk it out. Yeah, and because
1: you know I, I like I like uh, like pivots, merger acquisition, new sea levels coming in. But like when we have to figure out how to turn the ship around, that's what I really get excited about. And I realize that if that's the work that I want to do then I need to be my own entity that can be deployed for certain seasons with different organizations. Ah, uh, so now everything is coming together of why you
0: ignited the hustle. For everything right. within your experience is good. So it's like you did the experience, you loved it. Yep. You became better at it. You loved it even more. So it sounds like you fell in love with it even more. Oh, yeah. Like multiple times. Yeah. So, and that alone, eventually, you wanted to basically have control of how you want to do it. And therefore, you decided to ignite the hustle and create it, uh, becoming a consultant.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I really enjoy um, helping to solve problems. And, you know, what I do as a consultant is I help you define your mission so you can achieve your vision. And so um, I really enjoy, like, talking to a visionary, talking to a founder, a CEO, and um, I've realized that one of my strengths is I can understand what your vision is, and then I can work with you to help draw a map to take you from where we're at today to where that destination that lives in your head, where that is. And the way we can do that is... By building a system to get us there, because systems is the ones that create results. That's right.
0: Yes, I, I actually live by that motto. If all the business that I've ever created, I always want to import a system, even though it's just a small SMB, like a small small business, or even it's just it means that it's the beginning. Um, would you disagree or agree that having a system in place is the way to go in order for you to grow as a business instead of just winging it?
1: one hundred fifty thousand percent. That's the way to go, and. That's one of the things that, um, that I work with founders and, and CEOs today on is that, like, um, you know, oftentimes we believe that what makes a healthy organization is the people behind it. And um, this framework that I'm working on now, to, that I'm working with now, it's called Six Levers. And Six Levers is a framework that you can use to build and implement your own organizational operating system. And um, I I am a huge believer. I love Six Levers. I've, I've fully bought into the uh, the framework and, and the ideology. Um, I'm a licensed Six Levers consultant. And one of the ways that um, Six Levers talks about why you need an organizational operating system is because oftentimes we leave these big, um, like, strategic things up to chance. And... You know, if there's a spectrum of accidental to intentional, we want to help move that needle from your organization being set up, just winging it, just hoping that it's just going to work out into an intentional system. So we put intentionality behind what it is we're going after, when we're going to reach that, and how we're going to get there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that there's definitely organizations that get by and that that make it by just winging it, but I think that's only to a certain point. I think if you really want to make traction, if you really want to uh, move the needle forward, um, having those big dreams and that big vision, you have to put some kind of system in place that helps you at least realize what that goal is and realize what it takes to get there. So you understand your capacity, your challenges, your barriers, all of those things. Okay, that's awesome. And you
0: mentioned that you're licensed within the six levers um, operating system, right? Yeah. Um, that means that there's definitely an industry. And if that's the case, uh, what would be the question that I'm trying to get at here? Would be, What is the industry like that you're into? And what is a key insight of the industry now that you're on it, right? Because mm-hmm. I noticed that some people want to, let's just say that someone wants to become like you. Mm-hmm. Realistically, you can go to YouTube. You can Google stuff. You can probably ask a friend or two how to get into it. And you might find out, right? I mean, if you really want to do it, you're, you're going to find out, right? For sure. However, once you're in it, you're bound to find out even more that you're not going to find out unless you actually do it. Does that make sense? 100%. So now that you actually have done it and you have gone through it and you're licensed and everything, what would be a key insight that you would have wished you would have known when you started doing it that maybe would have helped you out or would have uh, levied you up a lot faster? Or maybe it could have changed your mind of being a licensed 6 lever operations consultant. But, I mean – I already went so far. I might as well continue. Like you know, like some things. The there's a, something that ignites the hustle. You might regret it, but it doesn't matter. You're already so in. Why not? You know. Yeah.
1: Um. It's funny you ask that. That happened to me. I uh, I. Um. When I was at Codeup and I got introduced to EOS, I was really bought into EOS, and I thought that's what I want to be. I want to be an EOS implementer, and. Um, which is a, an operations consultant, but specifically with the EOS operating system. And, yeah, so that's, that's what I wanted to do. I had my sights set on it. I built my own personal and professional um, career goals around becoming an EOS consultant. I mean, one of the, you know, I, I love working with Charles and the team over at Geekdom. I love the organization and the community. And one of the things that got me so excited about working with them is um, that they wanted to enhance their implementation of EOS, and so I wanted to do that because that aligned with my track on becoming an EOS implementer. Well, about halfway through that, EOS changed their model of how they work with consultants, and it didn't align with with the way that I saw becoming a consultant. Um, so I did have to make a pivot. Um, I had to I had to really figure out is this something that I really want to do did I have everything just contingent on if EOS was the right thing or not um and I think you know what what helped me is I have a lot of great people around me that um you know have just let me ride on the shoulders of those giants to understand what lies ahead of me um and so I think if I can give advice on that um it would be don't be so rigid on what your end goal is right um and also surround yourself with your own personal board of directors your own personal group of people who will give you honest feedback fearless feedback that's not always sunshine and rainbows (laughs) yeah and you know that'll that'll just really give you um what it is that you need, and you know i think I think those things just really help me to hone in on what it is I wanna do and and yeah how I wanna do it but but yeah, I think that's the advice I would give I think something else too that has really helped me become an operations consultant. I don't think I could have done this i no I know. I couldn't have done this if I didn't have the experience of my clients. So my clients are other C-levels, operators, founders. Um, I had to have that experience of being in their shoes. And I think that's something that's um, that I really hold close to my heart as one of my strengths is I've been in every role of an organization. I've been an unpaid intern that's hoping to get a job. I've been an individual contributor a shift lead, manager, director, seniors, VP, C-level. I've held all of those roles, and so I understand, um, I have a deep understanding of how, you know, transparency, understanding the direction of your organization, the mission, the vision, I really know how that affects everybody at these different levels. Um, So although I, I probably could have just found something like Six Levers, gone through the requirements and trainings and paid what I needed to to become a licensed consultant, I wouldn't be as good of a consultant as I am today. I wouldn't have that confidence. I wouldn't have those skills if I hadn't gone through it myself, right? The the reason why I really believe in organizational operating systems is because I've been in an organization as an operator where we didn't have that. And then when we did, it just changed. Oh, that is insane. Yeah. I was literally just
0: about to ask you more about, like, you said that because of your clients, you basically have learned more in depth than you would have done just by getting licensed. And I was going to ask you, like, to give us an example or two, like, especially that I know that you work on the sea level and not a lot of people have that opportunity, let alone to even know what it means to be up there. So can you give us more insight about that? Um, like
1: what it's like to be a <laughs> Yeah, I want to know because I'm uh, curious
0: because, I mean, I've been in so many roles myself. Yeah. Uh, wearing all the hats sometimes at the same time. And sometimes yeah. I'm wearing a different hat depending on the month. Mm-hmm. Um, I run a contracting business and that's in South Texas. And there's times I was the door-to-door guy, even though yeah. that was never my job. But I was out there and I wanted to, because when I was creating my own operating system and I'm not licensed. Mm -hmm. But I was just an entrepreneur who wanted the system because I remember I met someone like you, licensed completely different. And he told me systems create results. So you can be having the most, because I told him that the way I used to do is by having a productivity system. And it's like, hey, carry on, like, that's cool and all. But if you don't have an operating system, like, it doesn't matter you are good to go. What about your team? Well, my team should be disciplined. Uh-huh. Really? <laughs> Interesting. So you're just assuming that they're just going to have a productivity system? And I'm like, why wouldn't they? And he's just like, come on, there's no way you really believe that. And I'm like, I do. Look at my team. And my team, and that's because he saw my team were actually good. They were good people. They, yeah. they were all, because I was picky about it, right? and they were all have their own discipline. They, they work hard and they do their best. But, I've noticed that as I roll to each individual hat, having an operating system before I before I imported, like it was just me doing the different hats. But once we created the operating system and I'm not going to pretend it was the best, it was just good enough. It was. Yeah, it wasn't. It was better than nothing. It shifted completely. The productivity increased. I remember the metrics on the first month and that was like sometime in 2022. No, I lied to you. 2021. It was even further before that. And he, he I remember he told me, like, hey, look at the metrics. And I go in, I log in, productivity seven hundred and eighty-four percent. And I was like,
1: Whoa,
0: <laughs> like what do you mean? What does this mean? And he yeah. just shows me like now look at the relativity. And I'm like, sales went up by three hundred and sixty-four percent. I'm like, like everything was way beyond a hundred percent. Yeah. And it looked one of those numbers that it was just unreal to me. So I wanted to know if you had an, a similar experience. Now that you have le- gone through individual levels and have you ever imported the system and, you know, dramatically seeing a difference compared to not having it?
1: 100%. 100%. Every time. Every, every time? Every time I've, I've, I've uh, implemented an operating system, we've seen, uh, I mean, insane results that are tangible, that are measurable. Um, you know, you had asked what it's like to be a C-level. And, uh, man, my, I think if I can answer that in, in just one, one thing that I've, that I learned so much about that, (laughs) um, you know, I knew going into something like that, especially any kind of leadership, um, fundamentally a leader is somebody who needs to, uh, fundamentally a leader is somebody who needs to, um, make decisions and oftentimes those decisions um they're going to affect others right usually when it comes down to a C-level making that decision it's because um either it's a high profile decision mm-hmm. the impact is going to be high profile or it's because um nobody else has made that decision and it might be a tough decision to make um, and that was something that even though I knew going into leadership, I was going to have, I was going to come across that where, you know, feelings are going to be hurt. Lives are going to be impacted. Like there's, the bottom line is going to be impacted. Metrics are going to be impacted. Even though I knew that uh, going in, uh, I didn't anticipate the challenges that would come along with that. You know, um, being a C-level is a versus other leadership roles that I've had, C-level is a very visible role um you know i was a the coo of geekdom starting in march of 2020 and uh right when the pandemic started oh no
0: and that's so, right that's so you probably imported when everything like you're gonna make changes but guess what the world is changing you're gonna adapt the, along with the it. whole world's changing
1: you know uh that was a that was a really interesting way to become a coo because um i mean talk about having challenges as an operator of a of a co-working space where people can't gather and it was you know that's a really difficult thing to do but um and you the decisions that you make no matter which way you go um somebody's not going to be happy with that and like i said it's a it's a public thing when i was when I before when I wasn't a sea level and I could make a decision and you know it, it wasn't that big of a deal. But, no, one like, thousand percent. Yeah, but and, it's, and, you and know
0: something I learned is that sometimes the people at the bottom they
1: never are happy at the decision on the top, but they have no idea what's going on at the top. Yeah, or you know, and I, I really, um, I really understood the obligation and the responsibility of, um, of the. Access and information that I had at that level. And so I had to be really careful about that. You know, I want there's a fine line between um, delivering transparency to your organization and oversharing Right because yes, I know exactly (laughs) what you mean. Yes. Yeah Like if we're in if I'm in a board meeting For geekdom and we're talking about board level decisions And I know that there's a decision that's being made that's going to impact the rest of the organization I have to figure out, you know, there's the balance between the part of me that wants to be transparent with the team and the part of me that, you know, needs to hold my responsibility and obligation to not overshare. Um, and, you know, that that was a, a challenging thing, too, because, you know, especially if your team sees things that are happening and, and you can't really speak to those. Yes, but I know what you mean. They see the chaos or... They
0: have their own opinion, yeah. and you can see that, like, no, it's not really like that. But you kind of have to, like, just, like, live with it in a way. Like, I don't know how else to describe it.
1: Well, I, th- I think, uh, for me anyway, the way that I dealt with that is through an operating system. Because with the operating system, you really lay out your mission, your vision, your values, your beliefs, um, the the issues that your company is facing, Through an operating system, you build out a three-, five-, ten-year plan. You really have your one-year goals in front of you. You understand what quarterly objectives you have to hit and what those key results are to make sure that you've hit those things. When you have all of that and all of that stuff is agreed upon, understood, and accessible by the rest of the organization, then you have less of the lack of trust. So when the rest of the organization might see things changing, they have that trust in you that you as their leader will go and, and do the right things with you know, their best interest in mind and not like worry that you're scheming about something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, cause I know 1000% because
0: I don't know if you can disagree with this, but I know sometimes it's easier because I know everybody has a story mm-hmm. for let's just say they didn't meet a metric and they give you a story. And I used to buy into those. I used to listen to the story rather than focusing on the objective of what we need to do in order to grow. But once those metrics were established and those numbers that I told you with that example on the, on the contracting business, um, one of the, my, my previous mistakes was that I used to buy into their stories. And they're not lying to you and they're not trying to make you feel bad and, and your team is not trying to get at you. But sometimes you just got to focus on the mission, focus on the vision of the company. Focus on what the what is the objective? What is where you wanna I I'm a big believer in the 30, 60, 90 day goals. Where do you wanna be 30 days from now? Where do you wanna be 60 days from now? And then where do you wanna be 90 days from now? Um, that's the that, that's one of my productivity uh, systems. Like where do I wanna be? And I did the same thing with the contracting business, but I used to buy into their stories. If it wasn't because we created the metrics and it was understood, like it wasn't about the story anymore. It was more like are the metrics that been met? If so, let's just focus on doing better, focus on the mission and actually get to those metrics. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen that happening before. Have you ever had that opportunity that as you became a consultant, um, it kind of shifted the way you spoke and communicated as a leader to
1: your team? Has that ever happened to you? Um, You know, that happened to me when I was, uh, when I was in my roles, when I, when, I was, when I really started to get into executive leadership. Um, I, I've had a lot of leaders that have taught me a lot. And I've had a lot of great leaders that teach me great things, and I've had a lot of great leaders that teach me not-so-great things. And um, I, really, um, I really held that close to my heart when I would lead. You know, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I had certain principles, like um, I always would attack issues, not individuals. I wanted to create a, a space of psychological safety where we can, it's okay to to talk about issues in a free, open, you know, dialogue. You don't have to be worried that like, so if our sales are hurting, I would like for us to talk about our sales hurting versus employee X isn't pulling their weight oh yes and you know and and by doing that by using that language um, and then also another principle of mine too is that like I don't want to talk at my team if I'm having a meeting especially a leadership meeting and I have all my department leaders in the room um, I would much rather pose a question that gets the conversation going versus um, bring like a solution like I think we should redo our website Instead of saying, I think we should redo our website, I would rather go to the, to the leaders and say, how do we increase visibility of, of our organization? How do we penetrate this market? And maybe that's, maybe a solution would be that we need to rebuild our website. Maybe another solution is that we need, if we want to penetrate this market, then we need to go over there physically and throw events over there. Or we need to put digital ads that are just going towards this market or something like that. But if I would have come in and said, hey, we need to rebuild the website, all of everybody in the room, especially if you're a leader, all of your followers will follow. And they will say, okay, let's rebuild the website. But I didn't. I don't like that style. I would rather pose that question and then hear what they have to say. You know what I mean? Because... Mm-hmm. I may have that solution, but I'm sitting from a different perspective. You know what I mean? Like the department heads, they're coming from different spaces. They're coming from the space of marketing. They're coming from the space of delivery, from the space of operations. And so I want to hear their input and see how creatively we can come up with a, with a solution. So, um, so that's, those are things that I really tried to pick up on and do as a leader.
0: That's that's very interesting.
1: I'm actually going to steal that from you. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> hey, it was a good one.
0: Okay. I, I like that. Instead of us because I'm used to just like showing the metrics and have a conversation with my team. And yeah. and, and then I say, any uh, questions, comments, and concerns, and be welcome to crit- Like, I, I am a big believer in constructive criticism. Yeah. So I like being criticized. Yeah. I know that sounds a little bit weird, but like, some people need to understand that whenever somebody tells you something as a leader, it doesn't necessarily mean anything bad. It's just criticism. And it's up to you whether you allow it to take it personal or you construct from it. Mm-hmm. So that's my that was my style. But I'm definitely gonna steal that from you. Like instead of uh showing the numbers and then telling them we need to do better on a website, I'll be basically asking because that's that sounds more discovery. Like you never yeah. know what they know. That's
1: right. Like that's right. And, and and they don't and that's a way to build buy-in when they have if I, if I were to say, let's rebuild the website, they'll do what it is that they're told. Yes. And, yeah. and that's not a leader. I've had that leader before, and I don't want to be that leader. I don't want to tell people what to do. I would rather us get together and collaborate because I put a lot of time, effort, and energy into building the best team. Like, you are here because you're the best at what you do. You are here because you're the best at what you do. So who am I to come in and say, tell you what to do? I would would rather hear from you. And then if my marketing department head says, I have an idea. I think we should rebuild the website. I'm not even going to say, that's exactly what I was thinking. Say, Okay, why? Or When do you think we can have that done? Or how do you think we would do that? Who would we go with? And like, you know, just ask more questions like that. But then, when they complete that, they get the credit. It was their idea. They get to run with it. They have the buy-in, and we all win because yeah. every everything, like the rising tide lifts all the boats. They have the initiative, mm-hmm. and so so that I really, um, I really like that piece to like um, attack the issues, not the individuals. Um, and I think that that builds a lot of trust within your organization because then, you know. Um, what I saw is my leaders felt less responsible and felt more accountable. So if, you know, the, the sales numbers were low, then I don't want my sales leader to feel the responsibility and the burden on his or her shoulders to where, like, it's defeating them, right? Like, And to feel like it's up to me only to solve this problem. It's more so you're accountable for those sales numbers, but you're not the only one that can lift those. So how can we all help so we can raise that number up? That sounds like a really good strategy to, I guess, that sounds like a really good strategy. I like that. Yes. Yeah, because I don't want them to be in fear of their job. That's not a healthy environment for anybody. And so if, you're, if you live in fear, then you don't want to deliver those metrics So I'm not just going to show you a bunch of metrics that I've put together. I would rather empower my leaders to say, we're going to have this meeting every week at this time on this day. So if that's going to be on Tuesday at 10 a.m., by Monday, close of business, I want you to fill out this slide, your portion of this slide. And that portion of this slide is your metric. I can absolutely go and get all those things, right? But I want them to put in that metric because that's the one that they own, you know? And I really believe in that, that everybody should own their number and everybody has that capacity to lead. Okay, that's very fair
0: to say. And and, and would you say that's actually part of the implementation when you do your consultation as, you know, importing operating systems within an organization? Would you say that's part
1: of it? Oh, 100%. Because, like, you, you need, as part of implementing an organizational operating system what you're trying to get to you know because like some people will um, if you don't have an, an operating system in your org and you go and you see an org that has an operating system like this would happen to charles and i all the time people would come and they'd see like oh tell me about geekdom like okay cool you have a few minutes yeah come in the conference room we'd show them two or three slides they know everything about geekdom they know where we've been, they know where we're at, they know where we're going, they know how we're measuring it, they know who's measuring what, who's responsible, and what we're going to do to get there, and we've done all of this in less than 10 minutes. And often I'll get people that see that and they're like, man, that's awesome. that scorecard is awesome, that, that organizer is awesome, that strategic plan on two pages is awesome. Like, uh, could you do that for my company? And we could, but... It took us a lot of time, effort, and energy to get to that point. right? Like yeah, to- and, and you keep repeating that. So that means that right now from everything.
0: That you, so that means that to see those results, yeah. it takes months, right? So you build it, you
1: build it, you build it. And before you see all of that, it takes months is what you're saying, right? So, Well, less, less that it takes months, more that it takes a deep understanding mm, of what okay. you're doing.
0: Okay, cool. Just wanted to understand that because if that is the case, I'm wondering how the journey goes with that. Because I know normally every time the operation gets imported and it, you know, over time it changes and whatnot, and to becomes into what it needs to be, I can only imagine what that journey even looks like. Yeah, I mean, that means
1: that you're never bored at your job. That's for sure. (laughs) I'm never bored at the job. I mean, it honestly, like the way my process looks like is first we build out a compass. And um, that's six levers terminology. And that compass mm-hmm. is a two to three page document that tells you everything about the organization. It's got your mission, your vision, your values, um, your tenets, your beliefs, um, which I love beliefs. That is a that is specific to the six levers framework, but it's something that, um, that exists before the mission. Mm-hmm. So before you came up with your mission to build San Antonio one startup at a time. Right, like what? How did we? How did we get there? What did? What were the things that we believed that needed to happen um, in order to get there? But once you build out that compass, the second part of that compass is the the three year vision, and so that's where you build out. These are the three or four objectives that we want to complete in the next three years. So if we were starting this today, then we would say December of twenty twenty six. This is where we want to be. Here's the objective, we wanna build a narrative around that on what it looks like, and then we wanna build specific key results. How will we know, uh, undisputed, how will we know that we've completed this objective or not? And it's gotta be measurable key results. Um, And once you have that, though, you know, and and that can, if if you've already done work on this and stuff, we can get through that in a couple of weeks. But if you've never put intention around that, Mm -hmm. Or if you're a new owner of an organization, or if you're going through a pivot, or you're going through a rebrand, or an acquisition, or something like that, then you got to put in some serious work to either revisit and refine those things, or build them, and that can take a lot of time, depending on how much time you have, you know, to work with me. But typically, I can get a compass, um, you know, that two to three page plan. I can get that done depending on the time that you can spend with me mm-hmm. in about a quarter. Okay. That's fair. That's yeah. very fair. Just wanted to understand that aspect mm-hmm. because I'm not saying I'm a
0: professional, but I I have a little bit of experience when it comes to systems coming in place. And it's chaotic and not chaotic at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's fun but not fun at the same time. Uh, so it's it, it's a very – like I said, I know for sure that you're definitely not board of your job. I mean, no. I and mean, I'm pretty nah. sure that each individual company and situation and everything is completely different. And because fundamentally, every business is there's is only three. Type, fundamentally speaking, there's only three type of businesses, the ones that sell products, products and services or just services. But even then, if you open up the compass, you find out that you're still on a different map. Oh, yeah. So. The 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 numbers are still gonna be different, even if it's fundamentally the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that alone already tells me that. Again, I can see myself having fun with it. Yeah. The, the question is, am I gonna be passionate enough? That's a whole different story. And um, are the audience listening to this? If they're interested in becoming an operations consultant. I mean, where is the passion behind this to continue that kind of journey? And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of fun in it, too. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of reward to it, too. Like, what would you say is a very, like, key reward that you get from this that really keeps you going, keeps you like, I still love this despite the chaos. I still love this despite the fact that. Sometimes it's a very smooth four quarters, or it's a very smooth few weeks, or maybe not so smooth a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, what's something that you definitely you
1: know keeps you loving it per se?
0: Oh man! Where do you, you start? That, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell
1: you that the, the, there's a lot of things I love about this. Right? Like, um, I wanted to start my own business. For I've been working on this for you know like. Ten years, I've, I've known I want my own business, but I didn't know what it was going to be, and I feel like I, I needed to do everything that I did up until I started. Um, I think that the biggest reward for me in this work is seeing that aha moment where, you know, a visionary, a founder, an operator understands that, this is the when they can see the strategic plan on paper that's going to be distributed to the rest of the company when they can see that and they have the realization that all of this stuff has been living in my head but I couldn't articulate it mm-hmm. I couldn't put it into three pages I couldn't put it into a slide deck and now I can now we have common language that we can talk about this stuff on now there's not so much transparency nobody any organization that I work with, none of them come to me because everything is awesome in their organization. No, that's, that's <laughs> one thousand percent sure. Yeah. So, um, so getting to that point where they realize like this is the solve, and now we figured it out, and then now we're gonna now that we've done all this work on the back end, now it's time to implement and roll it out, and then we have this, you know. Um, big presentation, workshopy thing where I come in and I introduce you know, myself as a consultant, and we're using the six levers framework. And I want to show you: this is the mission of your organization. This is the vision. This is where we're going in the next three years, and you are a part of it. That part is uh, that never that will never get old for me. You know what I mean? Because that that if we do it right, then that moment. Is when everybody realizes this is why I'm here and I'm the right person for this thing. That is sounds awesome. That
0: sounds like there's always a brand new adventure with it. Oh yeah, and that yeah. definitely, again. We'll go back into it. I know for sure you're not bored at your job. Dude, <laughs> no, I'm, n- 1, I'm not <laughs> No, that's one. And if anything, that's what I like about talking to business owners like yourself, entrepreneurs, and even me being a business owner. Like there's been lows and downs. There's been ups, and. But what really keeps it going is that there's always something brand new and it's still basically about the same theme. But it's just there's always a brand new challenge. And as long as there's challenges, that's how you know that you're proceeding forward. 100%. And then now that we're almost, in a, uh, almost at the end of the podcast, um, I know that the audience, some of them may want to be an operations consultant. So briefly, right? I mean, you don't have to be very specific. More or less briefly, how would you uh recommend or like give a small insight about how to get within
1: the industry that you're on how to be a consultant basically yes operations consultant to be specific if you want to be an operations consultant get an operations job go be an operator understand the challenges climb the ladder as best you can um and you know try and get especially executive operations um understanding um I think also try and and work with c levels as best you can, so you can understand what it's like to work on the business versus in the business. So you can understand um, what kind of reporting c levels want, what kind of reporting board members want, you know, and what kind of reporting you require from your individual contributors and your department heads. And um, but but that's the biggest. That's the biggest piece of advice I can give is that like get after it for a while even if it's a three to five year plan where you know I want to be a consultant and I will be a consultant in 2027 but right now I need to go get those I need to get those chops um that's being a consultant is for me it was hard because you know you have imposter syndrome like for me that was big like it was like uh, how am I going to go and help you know, I, I understand the organizations that I've worked in, but how am I going to go help a manufactured home company? How am I going to go help a, a automotive steel manufacturing company? I don't know anything about any of these businesses. And why would they trust me to come in and mm-hmm. fix their organization? And I've never done this before. Well, I had to realize that that's not true. I have done this before. I've been doing this for years. You know, it's just um, I don't have to be an expert on your company, your industry and what your industry does. I do have to be an expert on the framework, on the operating system, on how we get the probing questions to ask so that we can get the things that we need to fill out this strategic plan. And I wouldn't have all of that without experience. That, that stuff couldn't have been taught to me i needed to go through it i needed to like really feel it um, so yeah that's that's advice i would give is get after it get get an operator role talk to operators learn other organizational operating systems um, and see if you can help implement shadow that's you know. that's very fair be a follower before you become a leader for sure 100% um, don't try to become a leader if you don't even know what it means to be a follower right 100% 100% i mean that 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 helped me a ton You know, and, and also like, you know, you, when I made the decision to be a consultant, one of my close friends, mentors, some of my colleagues, somebody I've worked with for a long time, um, I said, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a consultant. He said, you know, I think that you would be a great one. And he had been a consultant for years, Uh, a great consultant, um, and He was like, I think you would be a great consultant because there's two things that I think make great consultants. You have to be knowledgeable. You have to understand what it is that you're delivering. The second thing is you have to be trustworthy. You have to be relatable. You have to be somebody that people will trust their baby, like they will trust their organization with. And, um, you know, those things, I, I, I love that he gave me that feedback and insight because that did give me the courage and confidence to just go for it and see what happens and it's working i mean i've gotten great clients i've been able to build strategic plans you know um i've already i'm i'm already planning for q3 and 4 of next year so we're rocking and rolling that is awesome i believe it
0: i definitely believe it and 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 to be honest with you the fact that a great consultant even told you that you'll make a great one i believe that even give you like a boost of like Okay, if this guy's telling me something, then that means that that means that, they, you know, that's a really good feedback, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like, that definitely helps out. Like, it's not just coming, there's a big difference coming from some random guy. Yeah, man, I mean, you'll do great compared to an actual consultant who's in the business, who's in the industry. He knows the insights and he yeah. can tell, you know, who's not that good, who's good, and who's average, and who's great. Yeah. And that alone already changes the game for you. So, that coming, from, like, I know one thing for sure. If I was you and somebody tells me that, I'd be like, Man, at this point I have to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, like, man, like you say it like that, like, like I'm already thinking about pursuing it, but you don't have to sell it to me. <laughs> you know, like Well
1: and the other the other important piece to that too is that same individual and this is important to understand, that same individual would also tell me this isn't the right path for you. Really? If I if if it wasn't, he I'm confident that he would have told me like I, I know that's what you want to do, but uh, there might be other things that you can There's easier things that you can do. Yeah. And by easy it doesn't mean that it is easy, it's just easier for you. Yeah. There's other ways you can serve the community or something like like he that that is a friend that would that would tell me that. Yeah. And so um, you know, so that's that's what it was. I think, you know, what actually another piece of advice that I would give mm-hmm. ask questions and actively listen. When somebody gives you feedback, your response is thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you agree or disagree. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's gonna be a, a tough one for some people out
0: here. It's like, Yes, I totally agree. Yep. Or always admit that you might be in the wrong. So some individuals may say, Okay, I'll 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 circle back on it, but they're not yeah. A, yeah. yeah. A- admitting your your flaws is one of the biggest critics. Like you should be your biggest critics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and don't give in to the haters. There might be some people that just that just throw you negative vibes for no reason. You mm. know what I mean? But um take, you know, take it consider the source whenever somebody's giving you that feedback. But always for me, anytime anybody gives me feedback, it's thank you. You to thank that's you. It. It's thank that's it. Just thank you. That's very fair. Constructive Criticism 101. That's, that's right. what
0: it is. Thank you so much. Yeah. You suck and you're small. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I you. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate you coming over, by the way, Phillips. Uh, yeah. It's I, my pleasure. Especially giving insights about the industry, talking about your journey. I mean there's a plethora of knowledge out there and, and, and you helping out the audience to identify more about what it means to be a consultant. I mean, that's what it means to be in the pockets of Born to Hustle. What yeah. ignites the hustle, what kept the hustle, and, you know, like, are you happy with it? If not, then you, there's always another hustle. There's always something that you can do to basically have a destination and an objective into your own goals. Yeah, And it's bound to change no matter what. Sometimes the changes for the better or sometimes the hustle that you initiated, you know, becoming an EOS... And then I'm pretty sure that when you become an eOS, it built who you are to be ready to be the next step. yep like you just cannot it's just it's like I'm not gonna say destiny, right but it's it's just one of those steps of development in life. yeah. and then now before we end this, right? anything else do you want to shout out for the like anything you want to promote 30 seconds, shout out, promote, or shout out it, it can be about yourself, it can be about business, anything at all that
1: you can imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously I'm a huge believer and promoter of organizational design, organizational health and wellness, and operating systems. Um, I'm I'm here to help in any capacity. Uh, I won't I won't take every client because not everybody needs a consultant. So if if you feel like this might be something for you and you might be able to implement it yourself, or you feel like you just want to learn more about it, maybe you need a consultant. Reach out to me. I'm PhilipT.Hernandez.com. It's Philip with two L's. <laughs> um, but yeah, reach out to me. Um, I can. I'm also a speaker, a facilitator. Um, I could put on workshops, all the things. Um, I think uh, there was one. There was one other piece of feedback I was going to give you. But, Go for it. Go for it. Oh, there's a saying in. So I come from the startup community mm-hmm. in San Antonio. Right? I've, I've been in the tech and startup collaborative community for the last decade. And um, there's a saying in that community that is fall in love with the problem, not the solution. And for me, that the problem that I was trying to solve is how do I help other operators, other C-levels, other founders, how do I help them realize the mission that's going to achieve their vision? My solution was to become an EOS implementer. If I would have fell in love with that solution, my heart would have been broken and I would have given up on my journey. But because I stayed true to falling in love with the problem, how do I help? Then when that was no longer a solution, it opened up the door for Six Levers to be the solution for me.
0: Awesome. I actually love that piece of content before we actually end this. And um, Once again, thank you so much for coming, brother. Thank you for having me. I really, really do. I feel like I've learned a lot. Not gonna <laughs> lie, I have. And coming from you, that is very powerful because um, not every day you learn. A, a, I feel very well informed right now. <laughs> Sometimes you learn one thing, I, I learned several things. So I really appreciated you coming over and I appreciate everything that you just shared. Thank and you. And also, guys, if you guys like, wanna reach out to him, as he said on the sponsor, just go ahead and go to his website. I think it's two philip, philipsdhernandez.com. That's it. And then just go ahead and just reach out to him. And I'm pretty sure that he would love to just give you a very honest and straightforward response. And prayfully, that would do two things. And either you're going to have a consultant and that's going to help you leverage, or you have learned some really key insight that will help you direct into the future of what you can do to level your business. And that, guys. This is Raham Kerian, born to hustle. And thank you so much.